Welcome to Awaken to Grace. Today is part two of a sermon called Jesus Calming the Storm. You know, the disciples faced a storm. These were experienced fishermen. But on this day on the Sea of Galilee, this night, they faced a storm like they had never encountered. Today, I'm going to take God's word and I'm going to try to prove to you why I believe this was no ordinary natural storm. Even though the Sea of Galilee, even to this day, it's prone to sudden and violent storms, there was something different about this one. I'm going to show you why this was a satanic storm. And you know, my friends, the same is true in our lives today. There are storms that sometimes we cause by our own making. There are some storms that are just quite natural. It's just, it's part of life. But then there are times that storms are sent by Satan. What do you do in those times? We learn it straight from the Word of God today. I'm so glad that you're joining me on this edition of Awaken to Grace. I hope that you'll visit my website, awakenedtograce.com. Read my story. Find out how I went blind in 2018. And you know, as I preach this today, I preach it going through the storm of my life. And I put all my heart, all of my might into preaching God's Word today. If it ministers to you, if it speaks into your life, shoot me an email this week. Pastor Chad Roberts at gmail.com. Let me know what God's doing in your life. Let me know where you're from, and I would love to hear from you this week. Well, today we are in Mark chapter 4, part 2 of the sermon called Jesus Calms the Storm. Jesus awoke and he rebuked the wind. Now let me now say amen if you're ready to learn something right now. Amen. You in the mood to learn? Listen now, this is this is interesting. Storms come into our life for two primary reasons. Number one, storms come by our own making. Jonah is the example of that. Anybody ever calls your own storms? <laughs> Come on now, right? Our own dumb decisions, our own foolishness, our own laziness. A good question to ask yourself. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26, ponder the path of your feet. That's great advice. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. If you went the next five years, exactly the path you're on, the exact decisions that you're making right now in this moment, where will you be in five years? Where will your spiritual health be? Where will your marriage be? What's your relationship with your kids going to be like? Where's your health going to be? Where will you be financially? How's your faith going to be? If you continue and you do the same things you do right now today, day in and day out, where are you going to be five years from now? Ponder the path of your feet. Storms often come into our life because of our own dumb decisions. And how many of us could just write a book about that right now? Yeah. But do you know why else storms come into our life? Because many storms are designed by Satan. 
Satan causes some storms. And I want to show you why I believe this was a supernatural storm. This was not a normal, natural storm. This is supernatural. Let me show you why. When Jesus woke up, it says that he rebuked the wind. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. The word rebuke right there literally means to muzzle. Get that image in your mind. What Jesus is literally saying, be muzzled. It is the same word, the exact same Greek word that when Jesus cast out demons, when Jesus dealt with Satan, when Jesus dealt with the demonic, it is the same Greek word that he used when he used with the demons. When the Bible says he rebuked them. What he was saying to these demons is be muzzled. I think that's a great link. I believe there's a link between the way Jesus rebuked the demons and the way Jesus rebuked this storm. I don't think the storm was sent by God. Why would Jesus rebuke what the Father had sent? Does that make any sense? No, this was a satanic storm. This was a supernatural event. And Jesus rebukes it. Oh, my friend, let me tell you, if you're someone today that you're being worn out by the enemy, if you're someone today that you are literally being assaulted by Satan, he is lying to you, he is tempting you, he is accusing you, let me tell you what to do. You rebuke him in the name of the Lord. And what you're telling the devil when you rebuke him, you're saying, be muzzled in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, I don't play around with any of that. I'm telling you, there are times Satan tries to come and discourage me. There are times that he tells me lies. There are times that he makes accusations against me. And let me tell you, I don't listen to a word of it. I shut him down and I say, the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. There was one time, I'm telling you, Satan comes so quick. There was a spirit of discouragement come upon me. And I'm telling you, I rebuked that thing in the name of the Lord. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't go anywhere. And I quoted every scripture I could quote at it. And I said, I'm going to wear this thing out. And after I was done, I said, now, go in Jesus' name. I'm done with you. Amen. Amen. And let me tell you. He'll lie, and he'll accuse, and he'll tempt. It's got Satan's fingerprints all over it. And I'm telling you, don't sit there and don't take it. There are times Satan will come and say, "You're you're not worthy of God's love. You're not worthy to be forgiven. Brothers, he'll come to you as you share your testimonies and he'll say, what qualifies you to do? You're not worthy to do these things. You know what you do when that happens? You say, you know what, devil? You're exactly right. That's why God gets the glory. I'm not worthy of anything. That's why God, that's why it's his grace. And that's why he gets the glory. Now go in Jesus' name. Leave me alone. You don't sit there and let Satan slap you senseless. You don't sit there and take those assaults by the enemy. You take authority over it. Amen. Amen. 
Jesus rebuked the wind and he spoke peace to the troubled sea. Interesting. He spoke peace. Let me tell you what I'm learning in blindness. I had the wrong view before I went blind. I always thought that peace was the absence of trouble. I thought peace meant that somehow I got to hit an easy button and everything was easy. I thought that's what peace was. And some of you think that. Some of you today, you pray and you pray and you pray and it's like you're grasping at straws. It's like you're grasping at thin air. It's like you're just, you pray and you say, God, make my life easy. God, make things easier. Alleviate the pain and Lord, intervene and work this out. And God, it just, if I could just hit the easy button, but... Child of God, let me tell you the gospel truth. Paul said in the book of Acts, it's through many tribulations that we enter the kingdom of God. There is no easy button in the kingdom of God. Peter wrote in 2 Peter, it's through sufferings that we cease from sin. That's a good word if you can receive it. Through suffering, we cease from our sinning. Friends, there are refiners' fires that God will walk you through. There are floods that God will take you through. But here is the promise. You'll never drown. Amen? Here's the promise. The fire may kindle up around you, but you won't be burned. Here's the promise. You may encounter the storm. And listen, it may even be a satanic storm. But here's the promise. You are going to go through to the other side. And you're not going to seek. And you're not going to go under. You're going to go over. That's the promise. But there is no easy button. It's through many tribulations that we enter this kingdom. It's a hard road. It's a narrow way. And peace is not the absence of trouble. Do you know what peace is? Peace is the presence of Jesus in the midst of it. Friends, you're not alone today. You're not alone in your trouble. You're not alone in your trial. And some of you are listening to me right now, and you're in the trial of your life. And right now, you're in the storm of your life. And yeah, you've weathered things in the past. And yeah, you've weathered things uh, before. But this is different. And what is so different about it? It's different because it's satanic. It's an assault. And what's happening to you right now? What's happening? And let me tell you, hallelujah. Is it okay if I preach for a moment? Let me tell you what's happening to you right now. See, Satan knew what was on the other side of Galilee. And what was on the other side was the demoniac man who was about to be set free and set in his right mind. What was on the other side was the woman with the blood issue who had suffered for 12 years that in a moment God was going to heal her. What was on the other side was Jairus' daughter. Who God was going to raise from the dead. Friends, that's what's on the other side. The miracles. 
The extraordinary things that God desires to do in your life. And right now, Satan's trying to prevent it. He's trying to keep you from getting to the other side. But I'm telling you, the promise is you will make it to the other side. Amen? What you need is the promise and the power and the presence of Jesus. And friends, that's all you need. And friends, that's what you've got. He's not absent. He's not abandoned you. He's with you right there in the stern of the ship of your life. Hallelujah. Satan will lie and he'll accuse and he'll tempt and he'll try to scare you and he'll try to frighten you with everything that he can. But let me tell you, those who endure to the end, they shall be saved. You hold on. You don't back up. You don't quit. You don't grow discouraged. I'm telling you, you don't suffer. You don't quit in your well-doing. And what happens? Those who sow in tears shall reap in what? Joy. And what does he say? Don't grow weary in your well-doing. For if you sow If you faint not, what does Scripture say, Galatians? You will reap in due season. Amen? You're going to make it to the other side. It's the promise of the Word of God. You're not going to sink. You're not going to drown. You are going to make it. So he rebukes the wind. It's the same Greek word. It's to muzzle. What he rebuked in the demons, he rebuked on the wind. And that's why I believe this was a satanic, a supernatural storm. Now he says to them, verse, where am I at? 40, I think, verse 40. It's interesting. Look what he says. After he rebukes the wind and settles the waves, look what he says to them. How then do you not have faith? Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, boys, you've seen me heal the man with leprosy. He's saying, boys, you saw the paralytic lowered from the roof. Fellas, you you saw the man with the withered hand. How is it that you still don't have faith? Can I speak a word to us today? What is God saying to our church Right here, right now in this season. I think God would say to us, you have exceptional worship music. I mean, the truths of God's word in our worship music is powerful. We have the word of God. We have the teaching of the word of God. We have Bible studies. We have small groups. Do you realize that right now in this season of our church, do you realize that there is only one day of the week that this church is not active, and that's Friday? Two Sunday morning services, middle school services on Sunday nights, celebrate recovery on Monday nights, prayer meetings on Tuesday nights, high school services on Wednesday nights, Bible studies on Thursdays, homeless outreach, RSM on Saturdays. Friends, there's, there's activity going on. There's small group after small group and Bible study after Bible. And, and listen, there's 600 prodigals 
on that cross that we're seeing come home. And, and I think God would look at us and God would say, look at everything you're seeing. Look at everything going on. How then do you still not have faith? Huh. I want to ask us a question today. Will you enroll in God's school of faith? Will you allow God to bring those storms into your life that you would learn faith? Would you walk through the difficulties that you would learn how to rebuke the devil? Let me tell you, God's school is a hands-on program. And you don't learn out of books what you learn out of walking this narrow road. Will you enroll in God's school of faith? Will you allow him to build your faith? Because let me tell you, out of all the verses we've covered, let me tell you what I think is the most important one. How then do you not have faith? Friends, don't be a part. Don't be part of such an amazing, active, New Testament, spirit-filled, gospel-preaching, Bible-explaining church. And be a person of such little faith. Don't let that happen in your life. Lastly, verse 41. Now, Mark is such an interesting book. What did we say in the introduction? Let me just review this, and this is where I'll begin to close. Remember when we introduced the book of Mark, we said, what is the pivotal point of Mark? There are 16 chapters. Smack in the middle in chapter 8 is Peter's great confession. That's where Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And they say, this prophet, that prophet. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? And it's Peter. <laughs> are, are you picking up on the subtle themes? Who do you? I think Peter wrote the book. And all of Mark leads up to chapter 8, and it's leading us to a decision point. And the pivot of the book is in chapter 8 when Peter says, Thou art the Christ. And Jesus goes, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. The Spirit of God has revealed this to you. And then the rest of Mark is leading us, the reader, to a decision point. So at the end, when Jesus raises from the dead, now it's, do you believe it or not? See, Mark is going to help the reader. What did we say in the introduction? Mark chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Remember we said the beginning there in Greek is arche. It's where we get our English word archaeology. The beginning, the archaeology of the gospel of who? Jesus. Who is Jesus. The Son of God. See, Mark tells the reader right off the bat, Jesus is the Son of God. And you know what's fascinating? When you read all the demonic accounts through the book, and there are multiple, all of the demons, you know what they say? When they encounter Jesus, they say, we know who you are. You are Christ, the Son of God, the Holy One of Israel then how is it, church? Verse 41, right there in your Bibles. The disciples go, 
Who is he that even the winds and the waves obey him? Isn't that something that the demons are saying they are the Christ and the disciples are going, who is he? Oh, but before we judge, do you really know Jesus today? See? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, there's some of you listening today. God's active in your life. God is helping you. God has intervened in your life. He's orchestrating things. He's drawing you. And you don't understand what's going on. You hadn't quite figured it out. You're, you're kind of starting to pray. You're starting to open your heart toward the things of God. And you don't really... And, and see, you're just like the disciples today. You believe in Jesus you trust Jesus, you, you, but, you're, but, but today you're still kind of scratching your head going, who is he? And I'm telling you, God's revealing himself to you. God's ready for you to put your full faith, your full trust in him today. And today, if you're facing the storm of your life, I'm telling you, he can walk right into the middle of it. And he'll speak, peace be still. But see, it's not the storm that's the issue. It's the lordship to Jesus that's the issue. Will you surrender your life today? Will you tell God, I yield to you? I give my life to you. I'm not perfect. And he knows that. And I don't quite know everything I'm doing. And he knows that. Let me tell you, somebody told me this week, they said, Chad, I've never been a part of a church this big. I went home and thought about it. I thought, I've never pastored a church this big. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but friends, that's why we need the grace of God and not ourselves. Will you surrender your life today to the grace of God? Today, if you're facing a storm, Jesus can speak to it. Today, if you're facing an impossibility, you're going to make it to the other side. Today, if you're facing satanic attacks, you have the power and you have the promise. And my friend, you have the presence of Jesus right here in your life today. Will you recognize it? Will you call upon him? We'll, listen, we see the young Peter saying, Jesus, don't you care? I believe it's Peter. We see the aged, the mature, the Holy Spirit-filled Peter saying, cast your cares upon him because he really does care for you. Will you do that today? Will you cast every care upon him? Listen, but don't just cast your care upon him. Give him your sin. You can't give him your cares until you've given him your sin. He can't, listen, let me say it a better way. He doesn't want to just rescue you from your troubles. He wants to rescue you from your sin. Will you call upon him today? Let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. What do you need from the Savior today? What do you need from the Master?
Do you need greater peace? Then what you need is a stronger presence of Jesus in your life. Do you need greater faith? Then you need more of the Word of God in you. Do you need greater trust? Then you need to lean harder on Jesus. Do you use a streaming device at home or at work? Simply say, hey Google, play Awaken to Grace with Chad Roberts podcast and listen to our weekly podcast that is the current sermon that I preach each week at Preaching Christ Church.